Ven a JCPenney y termina tus compras navideñas con brillantes descuentos como hasta 70% en joyería después del cupón. Además tenemos velas, mantas suavecitas y más desde $7.99 y miles de doorbusters en marcas como Adidas, Champion, Disney y Carters. Recoge tu pedido el mismo día. Es rápido y gratis. Estará listo en dos horas o menos hasta las 3 p.m. en Nochebuena. JCPenney, celebraciones que valen la pena. Ofertas válidas hasta el 24 de diciembre en selección de estilos. Aplican exclusiones. Doorbusters excluyen de los cupones. Detalles en la tienda jcp.com. From the studios of Fox 5 in Washington, D.C., this is the On the Hill podcast. Tom Fitzgerald along with you, and we thank you for joining us. Professor Alan Lickman is a distinguished professor of history at the American University here in Washington, D.C. He is the author of several books, and no, probably most, for his prediction during the 2016 presidential election campaign that Donald Trump would be elected the 45th president of the United States, which was at odds with just about every pundit who ever walked the face of the earth at the time. Alan Lickman joins us on the Hill today, and we appreciate you being here. How are you? I'm doing great. My pleasure to speak with you. All right. So we, we come here at a moment where just days ago the president was up on the Hill giving his a State of the Union message. Um, you've talked at length about how Trump gets into and out of these um, predicaments he finds himself in. What, what did you think of the State of the Union and how he kind of went there, talked about the investigations and talked about that he didn't think that the Indian American should go away? I thought it was very clever. Obviously, he is not speaking to the Congress, mm -hmm. certainly not to the House of Representatives, which is not going to listen to anything that Trump says <laughs> and is not going to be deterred from investigations. After all, the Republicans had eight investigations of Benghazi, mm -hmm. the tragedy in Libya that killed an ambassador and a few other Americans, and they came up absolutely empty. So this idea, we didn't do this to Obama, is just another Trump lie. But I, what I do think he's doing here is something much more clever. That is, it's the same tactic he has deployed against the Mueller investigation, pre-refuted delegitimize it before it happens. So no matter what is uncovered, mm -hmm. Trump can say it's just a witch hunt, it's just partisan, and that's exactly what he's doing to these impending Democratic investigations in the U.S. House. You know, it's, it's quite remarkable to watch him at times because, you know, coming from the tri-state area around New York City, you got a good fill of Donald Trump almost from you know, the minute he stepped forth onto the public consciousness. And when I look at him now, I see the same guy. The same guy who used to talk about the skating rink being the biggest, that the Trump Tower was the best. Um, th there is a consistency as to how he handles himself. H have you seen a president like him before? Have we heard other figures in history? that are like him. Some people talk about, you know, Andrew Jackson or, or Theodore Roosevelt, the, the bombastic nature of their... He, He's nothing like Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah. You know, Theodore Roosevelt was a great showman, but Theodore Roosevelt, you know, he wrote books, mm -hmm. not like Trump's books that are all ghostwritten. He wrote them himself. <laughs> you know, he, he thoroughly understood American history, had an enormous grasp of international relations and domestic policy, and was a very important policy innovator. We've really never seen a president 
like Donald Trump, who seems utterly uninterested in the history of this country, in the details of policy, even in vetting his own uh, presidential appointments. You know, he said, I'm going to pick the best persons, and instead he picked a cabinet and a staff mired in incompetence, scandal, and chaos. Michael Flynn didn't even make it out of February when they first got into office. So no, and, and you know now now he's a he's a guilty felon. Yeah. Is there a goal to how you see he operates? Does he know instinctively what he's doing, or is this just pre-planned an attempt to? That's my opponent. I need to take them down. I think that's probably right. It's my opponent. I need to take him down. Remember his, you know, kind of mentor was Roy Cohen, who was uh, mm -hmm. Senator Joe McCarthy's right-hand man during the Great Red Scare. Mm -hmm. It was Cohen who worked with him when his company was accused of racial discrimination back in the 1970s. Look, to understand Donald Trump, you have to grasp the fact that he has one priority and one priority only, and that's been true his entire life, as mm -hmm. I pointed out in my book, The Case for Impeachment, which mm -hmm. went through his whole career, and that is Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. He wants to win for Donald Trump. He wants the adulation, mm -hmm. and that's really the bottom line for him. When people think of you, one of the first things they think about is, that's the guy who made the prediction. That's the guy who said Donald Trump was going to be president, and a lot of people scoffed at you, and you were right, and they were wrong. Take me back to that moment during the campaign where everyone had already decided it was over. What were, what were you seeing in the country at that moment? What were you seeing in Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton that made you go, mm -mm, you know what, you're all going like lemmings off a cliff here? Well, here's my secret. I'll reveal it to everyone. First of all, I pay no attention to the pundits because they're just talking off the top of their heads. They don't have a theory and an understanding of how presidential elections really work. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I ignore the polls because the polls aren't predictors. A, they're just snapshots. They can change overnight. Mm -hmm. And B, they don't know who's actually going to vote, so they have to do some real guesswork about likely voters. Instead, what I look to is the fundamentals. My system... It's now gone through six editions of the book, The Keys mm -hmm. to the White House, basically posits that American presidential elections follow the Joe the Plumber theory. If you mm -hmm. hire Joe the Plumber to fix your pipes and he floods your basement, you're not going to hire him again. If he does a good job, you will. Same thing with the country. The country is doing really well and people are really happy. They'll keep the White House party in power. If not, they'll turn around. And I felt that this was a change election. The American people are ready for a change based on my 13 key indicators. And it made no difference that it was Hillary Clinton against uh, Donald mm -hmm. Trump. Could have been Bernie Sanders against Jeb Bush. So you think he would have beat have whoever the opponent was? My argument, and I made this, I think, on your air and mm -hmm. others, was that any generic Republican was going to be president in 2016. By the way, of course, Donald Trump didn't think himself as a generic Republican, and he <laughs> didn't. And he actually sent me a note after the election. What did the note say? said, congrats, Professor, good call. <laughs> Donald J. Trump and that big magic marker signature on the Washington Post where I made my prediction. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's an amazing memento to have. Yes, um, it is. All right, so we take that formula now. Yes. 
and let's throw it through the 2019 filter here because there's a lot of things that are going on in this country right now that are good when it comes that's right to the economy that's why i don't have a prediction how yet. have how have the you know country's economy has been going unemployment is down um but yet it is all tied up in the personality and the controversy swirling around this presidency this presidency has had no peace in it and around it since the day it took office or now i'm not going to ask you for a prediction i don't have one yet but does would that alter the formula because you're introducing if i remember this correctly from science class a variable correct 13 this, variables yeah <laughs> into the formula there so, right. so could that alter things? of course look my formula is not based on you know psychic gene dixon looking at the crystal no, I, mean, I think it's, it's a solid i think it's a solid way of looking yeah. at it and yeah. it's been right since 1984 since yeah. before you were born tom so you're very you're very kind I man uh, but it's based on history and history historical patterns could change and if anyone could change historical patterns it is Donald Trump. Now, I'm not going to give a prediction, but I am going to say, based on my formula, it's too early to assume that Donald Trump can't be reelected. And this presumes, of course, mm -hmm. he's not going to be impeached. Let's turn our focus to the other side, Democrats, right yes. now. Um, as we sit here right now, Elizabeth Warren has just entered the race. Um, Beto O'Rourke is circling around <laughs> it. Bernie Sanders is circling around it. Joe Biden, we hear, is uh, getting closer to announcing that he is in um we alan we could get to 20 20 candidates for the republican nomination before you mean the long. democratic the Demo uh, yeah. for the democratic nomination who would like to replace the republican yes. in office we well, um, had almost 20 republicans last mm -hmm. time when there are that many candidates does it give the candidate with the highest name recognition an inherent advantage if you've just got a grandstand of candidates out there Somebody Absolutely. like Joe Biden can step in and immediately start sucking the oxygen out of the room very quickly. I think Joe Biden immediately becomes the front runner simply because of name recognition. But let's not forget uh, Donald Trump was not the front runner out of that crowded Republican field. Mm -hmm. Why did he emerge? And it didn't surprise me, and I've talked about this before, because he was saying things that a lot of core conservative Republican Party folks believed, but mm -hmm. other candidates were afraid to say. So you can emerge out of the pack and beat the front runners. Look, one thing I've got to tell the Democrats, they're not going to listen to me. Mm -hmm. Take the word electability and eliminate it from your vocabulary. Every time the Democrats have nominated someone they thought was experienced and electable, look what happened. Mike Dukakis, Walter Mondale, Al Gore, John Kerry, uh, Hillary Clinton, mm -hmm. and what unites them all, they all lost. I noticed you left Barack Obama out of that That's list, and right. because Obama at the time, people look at yeah. the, the Senate for two years. Yeah, who are the guys who won yeah. for the Democrats? Obama, Bill Clinton, and Jimmy Carter out of nowhere. Whoever heard of Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton two years before the election? It's Nobody. It, it's interesting, and then you know later on, Carter was able to dispense of Ted Kennedy in 1980 yeah. when Ted Kennedy mounted a yeah, So a, you a never know. Challenge. Just take that word out of your vocabulary. You don't know who's electable. 
the process will play out unto itself. As long as we bring up 1980 and we bring up primary challenges to sitting presidents, let's talk about the governor of Maryland. <laughs> Larry Hogan um, has just started his second term as a Republican in an overwhelmingly Democratic yeah. state. And of late, uh, Hogan has been talking about the possibility of him challenging Donald Trump for the Republican primary. He hasn't said he's going to do it. Right. But what is Hogan's end game here? What is he trying to not only establish in the Republican Party right now, but also after Donald Trump, whether that is in 2020 or 2024? Sure. I think he's trying to do several things. One, he's trying to show that the Republican Party is not just Donald Trump, that there is another deep tradition within the Republican Party, the Rockefeller-type Republicans. And we've mm -hmm. seen a lot of them in Maryland, uh, Connie Morella, mm -hmm. Mac Mathias, for example. Secondly, he's thinking, who knows what might happen with Donald Trump? You know, he might get impeached. He might lose standing within the Republican Party. And here I am as an alternative. And then number three, of course, you're always looking to the distant future if you're a smart politician like Governor Hogan. Mm -hmm. When you look at the situation where Trump goes into this election right now with strong numbers on the economy, strong numbers on unemployment. Um, is he in a situation right now where he can maybe broaden his message at all? Or does he just stick with the potatoes of what he has talked about for two years now? Because generally presidents will try to talk about what the next phase of a second term would be. Donald Trump seems to play the greatest hits a lot. And yeah, in I don't this State of the Donald, Union yeah. message, there wasn't really a lot new as far as avenues he was going to open up. So well, do we yeah. see more of the same out of him? Absolutely. You know, what you've been seeing from Donald Trump today, as I pointed out in my book, The Case for Impeachment, is what, as you say, anyone who knew Donald Trump for 40 years has already seen. Mm -hmm. He is not going to change, and he doesn't feel any compulsion to change, since everybody said to him, all right, now you've won the Republican nomination, you've mm -hmm. got to do the conventional thing, you know, move to the center, stop riling up the base with all this red meat stuff about mm -hmm. immigration and, you know, the, the, the menace coming from the South. And he didn't do that, and he won. Mm -hmm. So he's not going to listen to anyone who says move to the center, moderate, give mm -hmm. us a different Donald Trump. It's not going to happen. These Democrats who are running, is it enough for them to just point at Trump and say mean things about him and talk about how yeah. he's, uh, you know, shouldn't right. be president and they should? Or do they have to actually present something to voters besides I'm not Donald Trump? I wrote a piece uh, about a year ago which said Trump anti-Trumpism isn't going to be enough for Democrats. Mm -hmm. The big problem with Democrats is not that people think they're corrupt like they think Donald Trump and his coterie is corrupt, but they think they don't really stand for anything. It's mm -hmm. not clear, you know, what is the Democratic message. So they cannot just rely on bashing Trump. Look, Trump will play into their hands anyway. Mm -hmm. They don't need to remind people who Donald Trump is and what his issues are, mm -hmm. but they do need to craft you know, a clear, compelling, positive message. You know, whereas 
the democratic new deal, the new frontier, or the path to the 21st century. We haven't heard that. On both sides now, we have a dialogue in politics that has not existed probably in this form ever because of the expanse of social media. There's been arguments before, yeah. clearly. We oh, had a civil war, war in this country yeah. at one point. Um, but things are different now. Joe Biden's been giving voice lately to an idea that um, we cannot just simply assume that at some point regular discord will just spring up out of the earth again like some daisy. Um, as a historian, when you look at this, are, are we changed now forever in the way we deal with each other, both Democrat and Republican? Or traditionally, do we have these cycles where people go at it very intensely and then recede back into a, a situation of somewhat normalcy? We do have these cycles, and we do get back to normalcy. After all, there was this great move for reconciliation after the Civil War and Reconstruction, but it took a really long time. Mm -hmm. It really, some would argue, took until the second Reconstruction of the 1960s for the nation really to heal and reconcile itself. So yes, we can do mm -hmm. it, but it doesn't happen over night. It takes a long time. You know, things were very bitter in the 1930s. Republicans were calling, you know, Franklin Roosevelt a, a socialist, a communist, a fascist. Mm -hmm. And things did calm down, but it, it took a while. And so, no, we're, we're not going to immediately snap back in, in, into Eisenhower-era politics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even Eisenhower-era politics had its moments. It so did. We don't... We, they always do, but, you know, <laughs> they were nothing like today. <laughs> uh, when you talk to students these days um somebody who's 18 years old barely if at all can remember a time before 9 11 is is that a line of the sand that you draw when things in this country really changed on september 11th i point to several pivot points certainly one of them is 9 11 which none of them of course remember this was the time and see, it sounds amazing to say that too. I know yeah. I know I used to say well you know these yeah. people don't remember Reagan now yeah. <laughs> don't right. they barely remember Obama <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I, I point to that as the tragedy that shattered the myth of America's invulnerability all these horrible things around mm -hmm. the world couldn't happen here and I talk about Pearl Harbor as shattering the myth of American isolationism mm -hmm. and deeply involving us in the world ever since then. And of course, I talk about the New Deal domestically as establishing something very new that the people now expect, even for someone like Donald Trump mm -hmm. on the right, expect the government to provide, you know, prosperity, jobs, security, welfare. Mm -hmm. So those I point to as three pivot points. Um, the book that's out right now is... The Embattled Vote in America, which I think is very timely in this era of voter suppression. I trace the history of the embattled vote right back to the Constitution, to the founding framers. H.R. 1, currently in the House of Representatives, deals with yes. voting rights. Um, is that the new battlefield where we fight this out? Because we look at Georgia, we look at Florida. Um, we look at voting access laws across the country, and there is no uniformity at all. It is a hodgepodge, a checkerboard of laws from state 
to state Correct. to state. Is, is that what's going yes. on here? Here's the thing. You know, we live in the world's oldest continuous democracy, and that has real benefits. You know, we do have a stable democracy. As we pointed out, we've been able to weather some pretty big crises. On the other hand, we are still living in the legacy of our archaic 18th century ideas and systems. Do you realize mm -hmm. that we do not have a constitutional right to vote? There are all these rights in the Constitution, particularly in the Bill of Rights and other amendments. No right to vote. All the uh, amendments on voting are framed negatively. You know, you can't deny the right to vote based right. on race or sex. And of course, right from the start, huge swaths of Americans were disenfranchised. You know, in the early republic, the only ones who basically could vote were uh, white men who paid taxes or had property. And, right. you know, we've been struggling for the vote for these many centuries, and this is another pivot point in the struggle for the vote. We don't have outright exclusion like we did before, but the battles are the same. You know, way back then, they were saying, women can't vote because they'll be corrupted, they're weak. Blacks can't vote because they'll be corrupted, you know, they're uneducated. Uh, it's all gonna be, oh, we're gonna have all this voter fraud. And lo and behold, we're getting the myth of voter fraud resurrected. We have to have these draconian purges of voter rolls because we're afraid of voter fraud. We have to have these stringent voter IDs that ex exclude people who are marginalized because of voter fraud. Even though voter fraud is a myth, you're more likely to get hit by lightning than mm -hmm. to encounter a case of voter fraud. So the issues have changed, but the battle remains the same and the stakes remains the same. But how do you balance legitimate concerns about election security versus blatant voter suppression? Because th there is a conversation to be had about the fact that 17 intelligence agencies have uniformly agreed that the Russians tried to influence and affect the 2016 yes. election. However, they didn't change any votes, but they tried to change so minds. We, so we believe. <laughs> from, yeah. from what we know, because the know. voting system is not connected to yeah. the internet. All right, here's the, here's the deal. How do you balance those yeah. two things? Because that there are nothing to do yeah. with the outrageous allegations of voter fraud. You know, three to yeah. five million illegal voters showing up on election day, all voting for Hillary Clinton, then all disappearing. Nothing to do with that. This is a foreign threat. This is not something involving our own citizens, all of whom should have access to the ballot. And I think the first thing we need that we haven't had is presidential leadership. Donald Trump can't even admit forthrightly that the Russians meddled and interfered in our election. And until we get presidential leadership, we're not going to stop it. But the critical thing is that Donald Trump doesn't seem to be willing to do to Vladimir Putin to say, if you do this again, there are going to be real consequences. You are going to be hurt. That's the only language that Vladimir Putin understands. Professor Alan Lickman is a distinguished professor of history at the American University in Washington, D.C., and he's kind enough to join us this time on the On the Hill podcast. Professor, thanks for your time. My pleasure. And we thank you as well, too. We'll see you next time coming to you from the studios of Fox 5 in Washington. 
a JCPenney y termina tus compras navideñas con brillantes descuentos como hasta 70% en joyería después del cupón. Además tenemos velas, mantas suavecitas y más desde $7.99 y miles de doorbusters en marcas como Adidas, Champion, Disney y Carters. Recoge tu pedido el mismo día, es rápido y gratis. Estará listo en dos horas o menos hasta las 3 p.m. Nochebuena. JCPenney, celebraciones que valen la pena. Ofertas válidas hasta el 24 de diciembre en selección de estilos. Aplican exclusiones. Doorbusters excluyen de los cupones. Detalles en la tienda jcp.com.